The Seattle Kraken dropped a game at Climate Pledge Arena to the Winnipeg Jets. The first meetup between these two game, these two teams, excuse me, uh, they fell three to one. It's the Jets' first shutout on the season. Not a bad game by Seattle, but yet still disappointing. We're going to talk about that and more coming up next on Locked on Kraken. <laughs> You are Locked On Kraken, your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. Hey, hey, what do you say, Seattle Kraken fans? My name is Erica Lindsay Ayala. I'm your host of Locked On Kraken. As always, we want to thank you for making Locked On Kraken your first Listen of the day. We're coming off of a game that, quite honestly, I fell asleep at some point during the second period, so I had to rewatch today. As I said in the open, not a terrible game, but yet still disappointing. So we're going to talk about the loss to the Jets. We're going to talk about what was disappointing about the Seattle Kraken and how much of that was because of just a really hot netminder. Uh, we'll talk about that. And then of course we'll get you ready for the blue jackets coming into town. Cause tomorrow is a Seattle Kraken game day. <laughs> I should get a foghorn. It's just more fun to do this noise on my own. Anyway, as always, I want to make sure that you know that this is a free podcast, everything for you free as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Of course, you can find us on YouTube and anywhere and everywhere you listen to podcasts. All right, let's get into it. We're going to do um, just a, a breakdown of the game. So the Winnipeg Jets, they now, after defeating the Seattle Kraken yesterday, um, you know, I, we talked about this yesterday, but they were coming in at 28 points. So now they're at dirt at 30. I love it for them. 13, nine and four are the Winnipeg Jets on the season. The Seattle Kraken fall to nine, 15 and two still don't have a winning record at CPA. It's been a while, been a while. Anyway. Uh, all right, let's get into the game recap. So it was all Winnipeg, uh, they scored in the first and the third frame, first and third period, and they got early goals. Um, within the first six minutes, it was Toninato, Dominic Toninato at the 524 mark in the first period, and then Kyle Connor got both goals in the third period. Here's how it went down. Um, Turnovers in the defensive zone. If you heard the guys on Root Sports talking about it, you heard them talking about being strong on the blue line, making sure your your exits and making sure you're defending the entries um, very, very well. Uh, and that's not something that Seattle did and kind of left Groovy out to dry when it came to uh, some of these shots. The the third goal by um, by Kyle Connor was an absolute snipe. But came off of a broken play in the defensive zone. So just real quick, I mentioned that uh, it was Dominic Toninato, uh, his third goal of the season at the 524 mark. Then you had Kyle Connor in the, th in the third period, the first 47 seconds 
<laughs> of the third period to make it two to nothing Winnipeg. And then he gets another one late in the third period at 1454. And the second goal, um, or excuse me, the first goal that he got early in the period, you saw that Jaden Schwartz took, um, took a stick just under his visor. It wasn't called, uh, so you hate to see that for the Seattle Kraken. That being said, you have to play through. And Callie Yarncrook, if you look at the replay, and I'll leave a link if you want to check it out in the show notes. Always check out the show notes. But um, you got to step up and step in there, you know. Um, I And we're going to hear from uh, some of the players. You're going to hear from Grubauer and Gio in, in just a minute. But, um, you know, uh, there were times where Seattle – they were, it's, it's hard to kind of pinpoint how I want to describe this. They were doing the right things, but doing it not with any urgency or authority, but more so going through the motions. And so when you see a guy kind of like skating with a passive stick, and then you see the opposition speeding in like lightning on Philip Grubauer, you have to wonder, is there something that that guy closest to the player in attack mode, is there something that he can do? I mean, use your stick, try to poke it away or, you know, body to body. And there were just times where I didn't see that. That's a mental error in my mind. It's bad positioning. It's a lack of focus and a lack of intensity at times. And that's what's disappointing. I, you know, I, I as I was writing my notes, I was going to say something like, you know, the Seattle Kraken, the way they played, they might win this game. If, if it's other circumstances, if there's other things happening, if you look at um, I mean, you know, the the shots breakdown in the second period, especially like the Seattle Kraken, they got 25 shots on goal. I mean, the Jets had 33. Um, you know, I don't really look at hits, but the Seattle Kraken had more hits. Uh, the Seattle Kraken were right in there with Winnipeg. They had 17 blocks. Seattle had 14. But you're going to hear Gruby talking about that. You're going to hear Geo talking about that in just a minute. Um but the difference was that, you know, as they say, the devil's in the details and the Seattle Kraken did not do well on the details. And if this was a game, if this was a Seattle Kraken team, right, that like Winnipeg had 13 wins on the season, you know, is at 30 points plus or whatever, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, it's fatigue. The, t the team is tired, middle, whatever, whatever, whatever. You're going to have those. You win some, you lose some. Cool. The thing is that the Seattle Kraken have these games all the time. This is more of the norm, which makes it so frustrating. Um, that Yes, it looks better than when they were losing early in the season, but at the same time, they're still losing in the same way when it comes down to the finite details, not manning up, not marking, um, just making mistakes, making mental errors. And that to me is frustrating. That's extremely frustrating. Um, there were some really great chances offensively. Couldn't find the back of the net. You're going to hear from Dave Haxtell talking about that. Um, and on the in the next segment, I'm going to break down a little bit more about the goaltending for Winnipeg. Uh, we're going to hear from Dave Haxtell in, in the next segment. I also want to go through the lines because we saw shakeups. We know players are in and out of the lineup. Talked about that on yesterday's show. But 
Dave, I was swinging a plush salmon your way for making some roster changes. And then now we've reverted back in some ways. I don't know that I like these lines. We're going to talk about that. But right now, let's first go over to Philip Grubauer talking about this game um, and talking about just how the Jets play the right way. I think uh, they're looking at them, how they forecheck. Um, like you said, they're building waves. Like every line is contributing. Um, they're one of the better teams we've played this year, in my mind. Um, they made it really hard for us to get out of the zone. They forced us to make mistakes back there. Um, yeah, they they do it right. Yeah, like you got to force them to make mistakes, right? Uh, you got to push them to get out of their comfort zone. Um, they play the right way. I don't think uh, we like we got a couple of decent chances for sure, but uh, they're they're playing really tight in front of the net. They're controlling the middle uh, really well, so it's it's hard for us to get in there. Uh, sometimes we we got a couple great chances too, and then the puck starts rolling or bouncing over our sticks, or we miss the net. So. Um, yeah, if we get one in, it's a different game. But yeah. So you heard Gruby again, the Jets playing the right way. Some of the things that he likes that the Jets did, I mean, that's how you play hockey. Talked about this is, you know, um, a, a really great team that's playing solid, sound hockey. It doesn't have to look flashy. It has to be effective. And that's what Seattle has to figure out. Uh, coming up uh, right now, though, let's hear from the captain, Gio, including him talking about how he was feeling after the game. They were aggressive and they were they were blocking shots. That's usually the key to success. And uh, when they didn't, their goalie made some big saves. So, um we just got to sharpen up. I think when teams are aggressive, you got to be really sharp. You got to make the next play. You got to almost have it in your head before you you get the puck on your stick. And we were a little guilty of uh, maybe not not being quick enough out there on the PP. And then um, you know the rest of the game, they're they're a big. They play a playoff style game. They they're patient. They're big. They hold pucks and uh, they don't give you much room out there. So. Uh, we got to learn how to, to win those ones and play in those games because and, and, that's what you're going to face a lot, especially down the stretch. So we came out, we were, uh, I didn't think we had a great start, to be honest. I thought we were a little uh, tentative out there, sitting and, and watching a bit. But as the period went on, we we definitely uh, definitely got going, sort of generated more. And, and you know, when it, when you're playing that team, I've played them a lot in my career, it's the same story every time. You got to win battles on the wall. Their D, their D basically don't give up the blue line, offensive line, or the defensive line. So it's on us, D men, to make good, good hard plays to our forwards. But it's also uh, little battles and, and all over the rink. So um, I, I felt like they were better, better in those little areas, and that was the difference. Yeah, I felt fine, totally fine. Um, Couple of really good days of practice, I think, helped me. A couple of hard skates and physically, uh, yeah, I, I I felt pretty normal to be honest. So there you hear it from Geo, also commending the Winnipeg Jets, whilst also challenging his team to really buckle down. Uh, I did find it funny, and I put that in there. But if you watch the full clip, I just want you to see the beads of sweat that are collecting on Gio's forehead. And he's like, nope, I feel good. I feel great. It's fine. Uh, the, the brother man was sweating a lot. Um, I'm going to take him at his word, but I did notice that was a lot of sweat beating off. Like there was one time where a little sweat just like 
fell off of his nose. Oh man, it was funny, but truly, I mean, I, I, I'm, I just thought it was interesting to see him sweating that much. Um, I mean, it wasn't immediately after the game. Like, he had time to take off his his equipment. So, I don't know. Anyway, like I said, coming up next, we're going to hear from Dave Haxtell. We're going to get you ready for the next game day as it's the Columbus Blue Jackets that come into town. Uh, but also, I'm going to break down these lines. Some things I really didn't like, Dave. I really didn't like. Uh, oh. And, of course, we're going to talk about the Winnipeg Jets goaltending. I mean, you got to give credit where credit is due, and I do think some credit is due um, to Hellebuck for the Winnipeg Jets. That's coming up next. Right now, I'm going to tell you about Built Bar. It is the holiday season, and you want to grab a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even and probably even better than a candy bar. And why would you do that? Because you're probably running around, picking up family members from the airport, traveling yourself, doing holiday shopping, returning gifts, cooking, all of those things. I'm just exhausted talking about it. So you want to make sure you have a snack. You don't want to be hangry during the holidays. And there's so many amazing flavors. I still am kicking myself for not ordering up on the cookie dough chunk because that was one of my fave flavors that we've had this year. And I didn't do it, but I don't want you to make that same mistake. Whether you want to go with some of the nine original flavors, uh, Cherry Barcia, you've got the double chocolate, which I really like, or you want to hit up one of the specials that we have, including the puffs, which come with marshmallows. Those are definitely the candy tasting kind. Um, either way, we're going to hook you up with a 15% off at your next order at built.com. Um, so you're going to go to built.com. You're going to use promo code locked 15, and that will unlock 15% off on your next order at built.com. As I always say, happy snacking. The next one I'm going to tell you about, I don't know if you picked up on this, but I am a massive fan of comfy, warm socks. I uh, love socks. I love good quality socks. And I am a stance fan. I have a family member who loves me and the rest of the clan so much that they buy us stance socks every year. And even before they became a partner of Locked on Kraken, I can tell you honestly, truthfully, I love these socks. And Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. And what I love is that I have so many different Stance socks. I right now am wearing my uh, Seattle Rain socks. Uh, I'm not going to show them to you because that is a level of flexibility that I'm not confident I have at the moment. Um, I also have my Pulp Fiction socks, my Brooklyn Dodgers socks, uh, my Nightmare Before Christmas socks. They're really warm, green, and comfortable. I love them so much. Um, but if you want to feel good and you want to do good, go check out Stance and check it out for yourself. And when you register for a Stance account, you'll get 15% off your first purchase when you use that promo code locked on at checkout. Make sure you use that at checkout for the 15% discount to apply. Enjoy the color and the comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. All right. My first star of this game is Connor Hellebuck. I liked what he was doing really was able to stymie the Seattle Kraken offense. Um, you like good hockey. You like good saves. 
Um, Philip Grubauer had a solid game too, had to make some difficult saves, but obviously let three goals in. And so sometimes you don't always see that performance. And you heard Philip talk a little bit about, you know, what he had to do and how he felt the game was going. Um, but Hellebuck, 25 saves came up, I think, really big for the Winnipeg Jets. And, of course, another line that was really important, and you probably heard the very first question that Gio was asked was about the power play. The Seattle Kraken went 0 for 5 on the power play, and um, we saw that Hellebuck made two saves on the power play. Um but that's so here we go. It's the worst PK. The Winnipeg Jets have the worst PK. We talked about that on yesterday's show. Power play for Seattle, not great. They could have taken advantage, but weren't able to. And as much as I do think Hellebuck had a good game, I still think that we're seeing the Seattle Kraken play a little bit too direct. I think they're best when they get some really good passing when they get gritty goals. And you heard, I think it was JT Brown, obviously with John Forslund on the call talking about this uh, last night, getting in dirty. They were talking about Donato in particular, getting bodies in front. JT kept talking about that bodies in front, bodies in front, bodies in front. It wasn't happening consistently for the Seattle Kraken. It hasn't happened consistently, consistently, excuse me, for the Seattle Kraken. The Kraken were perfect on the PK, uh, the Jets were 0 for 2 on their power play. But um, overall, I just really liked what Hellebuck did. That being said, Haxtell, we're going to hear from him shortly, um, didn't feel that the game was really just about running into a hot goaltender. Like Geo, like Gruby, he gave stick taps to the Winnipeg Jets. But here's what he had to say about what the difference was in last night's game. Well, I, th I thought the difference in the first 30 minutes was, you know, we had one turnover that, that ended up in the back of our net. Um, you know, they had the better of the play for sure in the first 10 minutes of, of that first period. You know, I really felt, you know, the you know the, the play leveled out in the remainder of the first and, you know, we had the better of the chances in the second period, but we couldn't, we couldn't find, uh, we couldn't find the back of the net and that, uh, um, you know that would have set us up well going into the third period, but reality is we couldn't find the back of the net in in a pretty well played second period. Well, that's uh, that's a factor, but you know we face good goaltending every night, and for sure, you know Ellibuck was good tonight and did a nice job. Um, you know, but there's there's always things you can do a little bit better and and look for different ways to finish. He also said that he doesn't feel the Seattle Kraken were gripping their sticks. We heard Gio talk about that in the past. We've heard a lot of other Everly talk about it in the past. I agree with him. I don't think this was a matter of gripping the sticks too tight. I think it was a matter of just not being completely focused. And you're introducing a decent amount of guys back into the lineup. And I do wonder if the, the Kraken lines... I, I, I'm going to be honest. I'm just going to put it out there, be blunt. I didn't like these lines comparative to what we've seen. I know the roster is different. Blackwell is out. You get Geo back as far as the D pairs, and then obviously you get Schwartz and Everly back. You're going to want those two uh, together. Um, but I don't know if I loved these lines. So the lines were Schwartz, Wenberg, Everly, Tenev, Gord, Yarncroke, Johansson, McCann, Appleton. So McCann back as a centerman on that third line and then Donato geeky and Donskoy. I liked, okay. I am not going to pretend to be a master of creating forward lines, 
but I know what works. I know what I like. Uh, I have always been a fan of Schwartz and Everly together. That being said, um, I, I think having them with Gord, if you're going to keep them, Schwartz and Everly, on the flank, have Gord in the middle. I really liked that. I also like Tanif Geeky McCann. We've talked about that on the show before. I'm going to give you the links. Um, I think both of these are written by Darren, Darren Fun Guy Brown, over for the Sound of Hockey. But I've broken down the Sound of Hockey before. I really like da Darren's analysis of the lines, particularly that Taryn Geeky McCann line. Also, he talked about, uh, what was this, uh, maybe around the Detroit game, why Schwartz, Gord, and Eberly is a really good combo, a good trio. So I'm going to leave that for you to read. Refresh up on it. Always make sure you're supporting other uh, people covering the Seattle Kraken. Sound of Hockey is huge. Um, actually, I was looking at the recap over on NHL.com. That's by Andy Ide, also from Sound of Hockey. So go check those guys out. Much respect to you fellas um so hack come on give the people what we want effective lines uh is that what made the difference in this game no i talked i think i mentioned it earlier in the first segment there was a really nice connection between ten of um and i believe it was yanni gord um so you know i just I don't know. I think um, we can find better line combos that really make each each line sing a little bit more. Um, McCann with Johansson and Appleton, I don't like. I know that for sure. I don't like that. Donato, Geeky, Donskoy, I'm okay with. Um, but I would prefer that Schwartz and Everly, one of them, if not both, be with Gord. IMO, in my opinion. Um, and then I would put Geeky probably with Tanev uh, and McCann. Because like I said, that's the line that I like. So let me know if you're watching on YouTube, what do you think about the line combos? That'll be the question of the episode. I'll pin that to the top if you're watching on YouTube. I don't like these lines. Um, I don't like these lines. So We'll see what happens. But coming up next, we're going to get you ready for the Columbus Blue Jackets rolling into town. Last time they came into town, you may remember that we had Jake Foster come and join us on a squadcast. We haven't squadcasted in a while with the holidays, me traveling. It's been a little tough, but we're going to get back to that. And if you are not already listening to Locked on Blue Jackets, you should do that. Um, and well, just to let you know, though, on Locked on Blue Jackets today, it is um, Jake, who was a part of the roundtable with me for the last two days. I guess, was it Tuesday, Wednesday I did that? Yeah, Tuesday, Wednesday, I played the NHL roundtable. So Jake is actually, uh, for today's show, Unlocked on Blue Jackets, is uh, playing that. So, But make sure you check out Jake. Love what Jake is doing. But we're going to talk about the Blue Jackets, what to expect there. Coming up next, but right now, I'm going to tell you about Bet Online that has you covered all season with more props, more odds, and lines than ever before because they have a new updated interface. But even with a new interface, even with a new website, they are still, you know what I'm going to say, the number one spot for all the sports action this season. Use your desktop, your mobile device, uh, you know, whatever you got. And uh, if you sign up now for, on your first deposit, you will get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code LOCKED. 
on from basketball, football, of course, the National Hockey League, and even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the opportunities available over at betonline.ag in 2021 and beyond. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, folks, uh, like I told you, we're going to get you ready for the Columbus Blue Jackets game. If you're not already making Locked On Blue Jackets one of your listens from the Locked On Podcast Network, make sure you do that. Really love what Jacob is doing. And again, on today's episode of Locked On Blue Jackets, he is playing the NHL Roundtable. So if you haven't seen the Roundtable on Locked On Kraken, and if you haven't watched it on Locked On NHL, then you still have an opportunity to watch it over on Locked On Blue Jackets. We're very proud of that conversation that we were able to have. So Jake, stick taps to you, as well as Rachel Donner, one of your hosts of Locked On Flyers, and Ann Kimmel, Mama on Ice. She's amazing. And I mean, we're all amazing, but Anne really dropped some knowledge. Mike drops for days. So go check that out. Uh, last time the Seattle Kraken and the Columbus Blue Jackets faced off, that would have been October 16th, 2021. I mean, of course, 2021, because, you know, we didn't, we didn't play before this. Anyway, first period was scoreless. Brandon Tanev had the lone goal in the second period, also the lone goal for the Seattle Kraken in this game. The third period, it was Eric Robinson for the Blue Jackets that got the equalizer and that sent us into overtime. Patrick Laine would get the game-winning goal in overtime, two minutes, 16 seconds in. Overall, the Seattle Kraken, they lost the face-off battle 54-46. That should be up here for you. Uh, the shots were about even. Not that many shots for either team, really. The Seattle Kraken were over one on the power play. Uh, they had 22 blocks in this game, which I like. I like the trend of blocks. I don't like to look. I don't care to... I just don't work in hits very much. I know I keep saying that. Um, I'm probably going to keep saying it. But um, I like the blocks. Um, so that's what we're up against. As far as where these teams are now, um, two to one overtime win for the Blue Jackets. So we did get a point from that game. Uh, but right now, the Columbus Blue Jackets are 13, 11, and one. Whereas the Seattle Kraken, as I mentioned earlier, are 9, 15, and 2. So the Seattle Kraken have a two-game losing streak. Um, and the Blue Jackets went into overtime just recently. In the last 10 games, we actually have a better record. We are 5, 4, and 1, whereas the Blue Jackets are 4, 5, and 1. How long is that going to last? We'll see. Team stats overall, and I'll pop that up there for you. This is from NHL.com. We haven't gotten the game report from the Seattle Kraken as of the time of this recording. Let me just double check that. Nope, still don't have it. That's okay. Um, <clears throat> and the Seattle Kraken didn't practice today, so they'll do morning skate tomorrow. Power play. Um, you know, as is almost always the case, we have the, the least effective power play of the two teams facing off tomorrow. Uh, we're at 24th on the season where the Blue Jackets at a 20.3% clip are 11th overall in the National Hockey League. Penalty kill. We're in, we're in the same family, but the Blue Jackets have the advantage there as well. Again, the stats should be up here for you. Face-offs are just about even. Goals four. Uh, 
the Seattle Kraken 2.81 on the season. That's when we're scoring uh, goals per game, whereas the Blue Jackets 3.16. That's in favor of them and a goals against. Um, actually, this is something to look into here, and we'll see how the Seattle Kraken if and how the Seattle Kraken can capitalize. But the goals against, we are giving up 3.54 goals per game, whereas this Columbus team is giving up 3.24 goals per game. So we'll see how this goes. My keys to the game. Get back to that aggressive communicative team defense. That's what I want to see for the Seattle Kraken in Columbus and beyond. I really think they need to prioritize that. Um, for example, on a, a handful of the goals yesterday, it's hard to say, um, I'm obviously not on the ice, but it just seems to me that uh, especially that first goal where it was a strong forecheck for the Jets, Obviously, the Kraken are kind of turned around and puck watching for those immediately in the vicinity because they were getting ready to skate forward, and now they have to revert and turn back. But if you're a trailing player, you can see, you should have been able to see the streaking offensive player. You have to communicate. Also, Philip Grubauer, you have to communicate because the only people that would have been able to see that in theory, is Grooby, but the play was kind of behind the net, so he's kind of, you know, looking over his shoulders. The Seattle Kraken need to communicate, and that player that's streaking, first of all, I don't want to see, you know, you kind of know how it is when they're, the guys are gliding across the ice, and they're just kind of like holding the holding the stick like this. I, I just hate watching that. I hate watching that. Paul Buns and get something going. Even sometimes, you see this in basketball, too. It, it might sound different on the ice, um, but in basketball, if you hear footsteps coming, sometimes as an offensive player that gets in your head, come on, scream, holler, hoot, let somebody know, uh, or, you know, and try and deke them out that way. I want to see more communication. Uh, goaltending, I don't really think was the problem. That being said, I want Grubauer, I, I talked about this before, I went on a rant, I want Grubauer to really get assertive with his team and with players in front of his net. Yes. Should the Kraken be clearing the front of the net? Absolutely. But every once in a while, as a goaltender, you got to throw them bows. I want to make sure that Gruby, and you know, if that's not a part of his game, then it's just not a part of his game. But I'm not a big fan of his style, I think is what it is. He seems like a passive goaltender to me. I don't know if that's how he's always been, but he's passive on this Seattle Kraken team. So I want to dive into that more. But I want to see Philip Grubauer get more aggressive. I want to see him be more active, get his head in the game by being more active, moving, moving physically. And as far as the offense for the Seattle Kraken, again, they had a great opportunities. And it was kind of that drop pass. Tanev and, and I believe it was Yanni Gord both attacking, like JT Brown said, attacking the net and coming with numbers and making the the goaltender and the defense move and think and and freeze up actually one of the shots on Grubauer I did think he committed a little too early and that's how Kyle Connor was able to snipe I think he sniped it over his uh 
his glove side, uh, but he was low and kind of or tilted this way, I guess, if I said it was glove side. Um, And you saw that Kyle Connor coming in with speed, holding his line, he got Grubauer to commit, and then he picked a spot. I want to see the Seattle Kraken do that a little bit. You heard Hack still talk about it. You heard Gio talk about it, um, about puck speed. That's what Hack talked about after the game, something about puck speed. I, I think puck speed is really important, especially with the zone exits, but I think also it's a little bit about pace and timing and being able to have patience um, and just get the goaltender thinking a little more. So those are some of my keys. Let me know what you think about the lines. That was the question that I posed to you in the second segment. And uh, I will hopefully stay awake <laughs> for tomorrow night's game. And you can always follow Locked on Kraken on social media if I do manage to stay awake for the game. I got some good sleep last night. So if I manage to stay awake for the game, then you can find my immediate reactions to tomorrow's game against the Columbus Blue Jackets on social media. But for now, um, that's that's all we got. I told you you should go watch the or listen to Columbus, Columbus Blue Jackets, Locked on Blue Jackets. Also, make sure you check out Locked on Bets with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. But for now, hold fast, stay true, wear your blue, and let's go Kraken. We'll